Why not register your child for the Wizards District Gaming Youth Academy Virtual Summer Camp presented by Lighthouse? This virtual summer camp is a full-day eSports event that runs from 11 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. Campers will work on a variety of skills and strategies that will put them in a better position to win. This program focuses on daily skill development, fitness, life skills, and feature exclusive virtual meet and greets with Wizards District Gaming athletes and executives. The camp is open to children ages 10 10 to 17. The program will be run in conjunction with Game Gym, an esports team and training center located in Rockville. Learn more information and register your kids at dcfamily.com slash whizdg. Wizards fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Filio. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter, at WashWizardsPN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, basketball is back. Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and I recap the Wizards' first scrimmage Wednesday night against Denver before an interview with Mark Stein of the New York Times, where we talk life inside the bubble, what the Wizards need to do to make a run, and Bradley Beal's case for All-NBA. All right, guys, we're back. Our first post-game podcast in four months now. Uh, the Wizards just wrapped up uh, like an hour or so ago against the Nuggets, a seven-point loss. Um, I think it went as one could have expected from a, a shooting and offense perspective. Teams were a little bit rusty. The Wizards were only 36 percent from the field plenty of positives to be taken and we'll dive into all the basketball stuff but first we've got Zach Rosen here with us as always um, and he as you know is down in the bubble and can kind of give us an inside look at what it was like inside the arena um, we, we know the NBA has gone to great lengths to make up for the fact that there won't be fans at these games and tonight was everybody's first look at what that looked like. Uh, lots of screens, a DJ set, all sorts of different things, a league-themed court. Rosen, uh, take us inside the arena tonight. What was it like? I honestly wish I could give you more detail of what it was like because I feel like I was so focused on making sure, you know, I was good to go that I couldn't really figure out what was going on. You know, after the game, I was like – I felt like the home, the home thing was kind of weird that, like, Denver was the home team and, like – the crowd was like cheering for Denver, but the virtual fans weren't there yet. And so once they're there, it'll, it'll definitely make a difference. I think, um, no, the music, I think the, the music helped, but it wasn't very consistent at times, but I, it really, like, I didn't feel like I wasn't at a basketball game, you know, like nothing about it felt like this is weird. The weird thing was just like when you would look around or like 45 minutes before the game, when usually there's a decent amount of people in the arena, I'm like in your head, you're like still waiting for more people to come and your body kind of like adjusts for the noise factor. So in a way, I mean, it was kind of nice that it wasn't like super loud. Um, but I know talking to the players and the coaches, it, they thought it was a little strange. You know, there wasn't enough crowd noise, they thought like, and you could literally hear everything everyone on the court was saying. Um, so I, th I think they'll work that out. Um, they'll get feedback. And, you know, this is all a process of just figuring out what's going to work best and, you know, mimic the game atmosphere. But I thought it was a good first go around, um, you know, in terms of where I was sitting, like I had a really good view um, similar to a lot of the media seats around the league where we're 
near courtside. Um, so it was good. Uh, interesting to like hear the referees more than usual. Um, cause usually you can't really hear them talk, but you know, like Billy Kennedy was calling out everything and it was like very clear what they were calling. Um, funny to just hear some of the back and forth. I thought, one thing that the Wizards have struggled with all year was defensive communication. And the fact that they could actually hear defensive coordinator, Mike Longobardi helped a ton. Um, you know, if he's calling out uh, some kind of set for them to be able to hear that instead of rely on each other to tell each other, because it just takes away, you know, one aspect of the game that's like really hard to get down, especially for a young team. So um, overall, interesting experience um i'll definitely blog about it um try to digest it a bit more i haven't really it hasn't like hit me as much but um felt more like a summer league game no doubt but still i i think it was competitive and um you didn't lose sight of that they were playing a basketball game it was close towards the end i think it was you know just as intense as it would have been with fans yeah, I think the big thing, too, for the league is they didn't do anything that got in the way of the game. They didn't overcompensate for the lack of fans by creating something that was noisy or in the way or something like that. It was it was a really good experience, I, I think, at least in, this was just from watching it on TV and the broadcast was seamless and everything seemed to work. I'm sure there will be tweaks and additions and little things that they do as uh, they are also in a ramp up process, as we all are. Um, but in terms of a first test, I think it's fair to say they passed with flying colors. But let's dive into the basketball. You mentioned the defense a little bit. It's hard to take much from this game statistically as you look at the box score and try and piece through what happened um, as all teams are kind of working the rust off. And then for all these first scrimmages for everybody, it's 10-minute quarters. So it's hard to uh, you know do the exact math on how this would translate to a 48-minute game and things like that. But the Wizards definitely didn't shoot well kind of from start to finish. They got shots up. But um, – struggled from deep and you know the Nuggets shot a little bit better and maybe that was just the difference tonight but uh Rui Hachimura led the way for the Wizards with 18 points Troy Brown Jr. did a little bit of everything and Isak Banga uh played a really really good game plus 18 despite not scoring much but that's kind of what he does I think there were plenty of positives to go around for the Wizards plenty of negatives that they can work on um but what jumped out to you guys uh, yeah, I think you look at this roster and if Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans were in this game, the Wizards probably would have won by like 20 points just from the shooting itself. So I think, you know, that's going to be something the Wizards have to, to figure out is who can we get in their best shots and who are the, the best shooters who should be taking those shots. You know, it's treated kind of like a preseason game. So in a way, there's no bad shot for anybody. Like everyone should should take an open shot. And when you get more into the nitty gritty, that's probably not going to keep happening. Um, but defensively, like I mentioned, I thought they, they played pretty well, played together. Um, a lot of following, but, you know, that's what's going to happen. The refs haven't, have also not refed a game in four and a half months. So um, I thought overall the Wizards played well. Yeah, I, Coach Brooks was super happy with how everyone played. It was just the shooting, and um, it could have gone another way. You know, if Jared Utah hits one of those open threes towards the end, it could have been a different result. And you know, Troy Brown missed some threes, but um, I thought overall, like I said, it, it was a competitive game. Um, seeing those nuggets, you know, with all those seven footers out there together was so interesting um, and presented an interesting challenge, but that's what you want in the, in these games. It's just to be challenged and, and get tested by the best players in the league. For sure. I, and, 
you know, we talked about Troy so much leading into these games, and we're going to continue to do that. He shot one for seven from three-point three point range in this game. But the way that he played in the rest of the game was, I think, exactly what it, – it, it is, on one hand, what we knew is a strength of his. But it's also, for this team, it's something that you know – that he can he can really change a game with how he can attack and his his smarts his vision and transition he made some great passes tonight he threw down some dunks that I think we haven't seen as much as we should from him throughout his career so far and we're gonna get to in these games and we know that his three point shot is a work in progress but he's not gonna shoot one for seven all the time we know that at, at a baseline he's better than that and and I think he's trending in the right direction with his three-point shot as well. So I was really encouraged from him. Obviously, Rui played well, um, did a little bit of everything. He rebounded the ball fairly well, which is something that the Wizards are going to need to focus on. They're, they're going to need to get better at, as, at rebounding as a team. The Nuggets may be a little bit difficult of a matchup because, like you said, Zach, just a lot of big bodies on the Nuggets, even some of their forwards, you know, some of the, some of the other positions on the Nuggets. They're a big team, and – I was encouraged by the way Shabazz shot the ball. I think he's somebody that the Wizards can look to as a veteran on this team that uh, we know that he can be a bucket all the time. We know that he can get his shot, score points when he needs to. But I think the way he shot the ball was encouraging. And, yeah, just getting get everybody getting used to this environment. I thought the TV product was really good, by the way. Just as a side note, I, I, you didn't really, I didn't really notice the fans were gone or anything like that. I thought the, the product was really good for their first go around, but for players being surrounded by a screen like that um, is something completely different from any level of basketball that you play before or during getting to the NBA. I mean, it's just not something where you have walls of screens around you. Um, certainly getting used to not having fans is difficult in, in and of itself. And so all of those adjustment periods, I think are, are going to be very interesting, but, I also was just encouraged by the way that the Wizards played. I think their level was really good. We, we've we been excited about Isak Bonga's potential for a long time and just his ability to inter- his ability to just impact the game in little ways was on full display tonight. And the plus minus is one way to look at it, but just as you watch the game, you just saw him make a lot of plays. And I, I'm just excited to see this team continue to grow together. Yeah, point guard play was something we really highlighted leading up to this game and leading up to this restart in general is something that the Wizards would need to figure out. And knowing that there's not a superstar point guard on this team, that Ish Smith and Shabazz Napier are both capable facilitators, they, they did their job tonight. I think it was very, very steady play. They combined for eight assists, just one turnover. Um, and that's what the Wizards need from those guys in those positions. Napier was really solid. Chris, you mentioned it, three of three from – beyond the arc. And then as we touched on a little bit, Troy Brown Jr. took on some of that facilitator uh, role that we knew he might have to in situations like this. So if he can continue to develop and and show confidence in those roles where he's doing a lot of dribbling and a lot of passing and making some tricky shots that he has to create for himself. He had one really, really nifty floater from the middle of the paint, um, maybe in the second quarter. So I don't remember when it was, but he showed some stuff tonight, and that's that's what the Wizards needed. And um, Rui did the same, a quiet 18, but 18 nonetheless. So plenty of promise. They need to uh, improve rebounding a little bit, no doubt. 
Um, but again, it's hard to judge when you're playing against the team as, as big as that Nuggets team was. And we should also just mention quickly too, just uh, Thomas Bryant obviously recently, just recently joined the team. He's been a little bit uh, behind in terms of just, you know, getting into the atmosphere, getting into the bubble, all that stuff. And so he only played, what was it, maybe like six or seven minutes tonight. Um, that's, he's, he's a big part of this team and, uh, and certainly a big part of Coach Brooks' plans. So just it's something else to keep in mind that in terms of big men and just that rotation, he, he will factor into that more and more as the Wizards continue to ramp up. And obviously as a young, promising player, somebody who is in their plans as part of this core going forward beyond these, these 11, well, now 10 uh, games that we'll see in Orlando, uh, I think that's a storyline that uh, we'll get to focus more and more on and, and get more of a read on uh, in, in these next couple games and then certainly when the seeding games actually start. Yeah, no doubt. You mentioned Thomas Bryant. Just under eight minutes, two of four from the field, four points. He was solid. Um, but really, this game for him was just getting his legs under him and, and getting back to it. The Wizards will be back at it Saturday night at eight against the Clippers. Um, Rosen, is there anything uh, specific that they need to do between now and then, or is it just continual development over these next couple weeks? Yeah, just keep keep with the script. I think having film available now to watch is going to be super important for this young team. Um, I know I talked to a few of the coaches about that after the game. Uh, they're just, you know, looking forward to being able to to show them more so than tell them. Um, and yeah, otherwise I think, you know, tomorrow will probably be an optional day, Thursday, Friday, they'll have a full practice again, a shoot around Saturday. So they'll be ready to go against the Clippers team that didn't mess around today. I mean, they're treating this process like, uh, you know, just like another game, a regular season. It seemed like I didn't see the minutes load, but um for the Wizards, it'll just be also just trying to figure out what this rotation really will be. It's interesting that we didn't see Jonathan Williams at all, but Jared Utoff played. Um, but there are a lot of bigs on this roster right now. So um, I'm sure Coach Brooks just wanted to see what Utoff had because he knows what Jonathan Williams can bring to the table. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the whole thing, as you mentioned, will continue to be a work in progress on the court, off the court. Um for everybody involved trying to, to figure out how to navigate these next couple weeks, but without a doubt, fantastic to just have basketball back. It's unbelievable to even just be breaking down a game and looking at a box score and, and, and recapping and talking about the different things the Wizards need to do on the court. So fantastic to have it back. We mentioned it. The Wizards are back in action Saturday night against the Clippers, another scrimmage down from Orlando. Um, that's going to do it for the three of us here, but we're going to throw it now to an interview with Mark Stein of the New York Times. Joining us now from the New York Times, longtime NBA writer and, may I say, basketball historian, which we'll get into, Mark Stein. Mark, how's the, the bubble life treating you? I know you just got out of quarantine, so you must feel like a free man now. Yeah, you know, honestly, look, it sounds awful. Seven days stuck in your hotel room. I mean, it on paper, it, it sounds pretty grim. But I have to say, I, I think just the weird, neurotic way that I'm wired, it, it really wasn't that hard. And honestly, there's so much work to do. And all of us who were in quarantine kept working, even though we were on lockdown. So it did go reasonably fast. It was obviously weird. It's obviously something none of us have ever had to do, but um, 
it went quick and you know we're we're going to practices now you guys are catching me on a day that scrimmages are starting and i'm leaving pretty much as soon as we're done to 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 go cover two teams actually playing against each other so i mean these last couple days it's it's been fantastic just to be in a gym again it's it's a great feeling there have been a few media members that have been down there for a couple weeks i believe it was the the turner and espn crews people that are helping out with the television coverage that had been down there for a more extended period of time so some stories had begun to trickle out about what life in the bubble was like for media what having heard some of those stories and i know things have changed over the course of the last week levels of access in certain areas that people can go but what surprised you most about uh your experience so far i can't say i was hugely surprised i think i was pretty ready for how it would be because for media people it is these are the most restrictive conditions that we've ever had i mean it's just it's nothing like normal uh now i was able to go to to wizards practice that was what was yes yes that was tuesday sorry it's hard to keep track of what day it is anymore (laughs) so that you know that was a fun pretty normal nba experience obviously we're all wearing masks we got to keep distance when we talk to people but uh you know I think Zach and I were probably the only reporter types in the gym. So, you know, I was able to connect and say hello to a lot of people, you know, Scotty Brooks, who I've, I've, you know, we have a friendly and sometimes not so friendly college rivalry because he went to UC (laughs) Irvine, which is one of the most hated rivals of my school, Cal State Fullerton and and Tommy Shepard, the Wizards GM, you know, zillions of years ago, he was working at, Nevada, Las Vegas, and their SID office. So you know another. So these the, those two guys in particular are, are old, old, old college rivals of mine. We go way, way back. So you know, great. To, whenever I see those guys, we always launch into Big West trash talk. So it was you know just that it was normal to see them and 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 tell jokes and give each other a hard time about that stuff and and uh, you know visited with some players and and that was you know I don't want to say normal because it's definitely you know when you. I'm sure you guys have seen the videos, these practices, Zach seen it with his own eyes, you know, there are no lockers, there are chairs that are spread very far out. So these guys are getting dressed at a, at a, at a great distance, but to just walk into the wizard's gym and, and see guys getting shots up and talking to a lot of people that I haven't seen for, for a long time. I mean that, you know, for as reporters covering this league, that's what we love to do. The, the people, I mean, the, the people interaction is, is, you know, one of the best parts of this job, but by and large, that's going to be, you know, that was, that is a rare case here. Again, the restrictions are generally, if you go to a Lakers practice where there's a lot more media, you know, you're not getting close to anyone. I mean, they, you know, we, we, we have strict instructions here that we are not, we are not supposed to approach anyone we see unless we're in a, an actual media setting. So it is, there are a lot of differences, but I, I would say, like, I, 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 I'm not surprised because I knew going in what the, what the deal would be. Where, where does this, this rank for you? You've covered a lot of events. You've reported on a lot of things. Where does this rank for you in terms of being a, a unique experience as a, as a reporter, as somebody who is logging this, the beginning of what is really a, a grand experiment by the NBA that, that, that everybody's still figuring things out and, and learning and doing the best that they can. Where does this rank for you? And what is, um, what's, been, what's the most fascinating part of this whole thing coming together? 
I mean, there's nothing like it, obviously. There's just this, there's, you know, there are elements of summer league. There are elements of Olympic village. There are elements of, of FIBA basketball in this thing, but you know, this is the highest level of basketball in the world at, you know, so many people have said it, you know, what, you know, LeBron James called it a big old AAU tournament for grown men. I mean, that's a great description. It's just, it's to have 22 teams living, practicing and playing in the same place. It's unprecedented. And the word I keep using is unmissable because of that, because it is so unique. It's, it's just, uh, it, you, you, you had to be here. I mean, there, there, again, there, there are a lot of, I think reasons that gave reporters pause the risk again, those restrictions that we had to adhere to. Like, for example, if, I, if, if I see, you know, Scotty Brooks in the hallway on a chance meeting, I'm not allowed to go up to him. I've got, you know, if he comes up to me, that's one thing I can, then I, I but like, I can't, let's say I see Scotty Brooks from 50 feet away. I'm not supposed to go see him and say hello to him, even though I've known him for a bazillion years. So, it, it, you know, the, that part of it is, is different. And then look, there are a lot of people out there who are asking, why is there even sports in 2020? What, you know, you get to get tested daily. Don't you feel guilty about that? Yeah. There's no doubt that, that on some levels I do, it doesn't feel comfortable to know that I get tested every day. And there, there are people in various parts of the country who, who, who can't. So, I mean, there, there are definitely, there are definitely some mixed feelings on, on, on various aspects of it, but from the historical point of view, I mean, you, you had to be here for this. Mark, when you, you were in our practice yesterday and I know there's only so much you can see um, based on the timing and everything, but what do you think about this, this team? I mean, it's really, as we've seen, people don't know a lot about this team outside of Wall, Beal, and Albertanz isn't even here. And you're a national writer. I don't expect you to know the ins and outs of the Wizards roster by any means. But what do you feel like is the talk about the Wizards being here? As you said, look, we, you know, we didn't see much. And that, that, that's also a pretty normal part of covering an NBA practice. I mean, you know, we get to see free throws and individual shooting drills. That That's not going to change here. I mean, we're not, you know, I didn't see one second of actual real practice, but I, look, I look at, I look at this for, for the Wizards as, uh, you know, a complete free swing. There is zero downside to being here. I mean, I'm sure Wizards fans who have an emotional stake in this, you know, they see what's going on with Brooklyn's roster and, you know, can we sneak in there? Can we, can, you know, can we, can we get the A spot? Can we force the playing game? Now, obviously, when you don't have your best three players, I mean, that's hard to do. It is a roster with a ton of, of, of young guys. But, um, you know, I, I have to say, the Wiz you know, I live in Dallas, so opening night was Wizards at Dallas. And Rui looked so good on opening night and just looked, uh, you know, so NBA ready. And, look, I, I do not study the college game. You know, that's a hole in my game. The NBA game is so all-consuming that I never watch him play one second of college basketball. I, so, you know, but I, you know, just the grapevine stuff was, you know, can he make the transition to the NBA? Is he going to be ready? I mean, he looked sensational from, from that first time I got to see him. And so, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of just been interested in following him from afar because he got off such a good start. And I think, you know, for him to get 
to to be a focal point and you know this 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 team will probably you know you know revolve around him in, in a lot of ways in this situation that's that's fantastic for him i mean it's it's a complete free swing and it's a great opportunity for a lot of these guys from the conversations that you've had with players and, and coaches and, and training staff that are playing a huge role in this ramp up process for all these teams for a team whether it's the wizards or another team on the outside looking in like the wizards that needs to quickly make up some ground and get into the playoffs what aside from just a hot start would you consider to be the key for those teams in trying to make up that ground honestly i think the first thing everyone is thinking about is injuries rather than hearts hot starts and standings and you know just being in the gym I, you know i i I spoke to a few guys and I didn't get a huge sense of, you know, that, that, you know, making the playoff push and the standings and doing that kind of math is at the forefront of this. I mean, really step one is this is an, this is, you know, along with everything else that's unprecedented about this situation is the break. We, we haven't seen basketball for four months in the modern game. None of these guys go four months without playing five on five. And it's, very you know there was basically teams that got here on the set on july 7th got out of quarantine on on july 9th and a few teams even got to practice on july 9th but july 9th if you were a july 9th team and opening night is july 30th i mean it's it's that's three weeks maximum to get ready and that's even a misnomer because teams have to take days off and they have to go slow you don't just jump right into full speed five on five it's it's not nearly enough time to get ready to go back to playing and I think all teams are on edge because of that because you know obviously practice facilities were open and you know guys had been in the gym for weeks maybe even a month before coming to Orlando but there was no five on five in those practice facilities and this is I think everyone just wants to ease into this one last thing is a general NBA question. Obviously, the league announced that uh, we, have, we have all NBA. We have end-of-season voting coming up. And obviously, this being a Wizards podcast, Bradley Beal had a, a season that we have never seen from him as people have followed this team for years now. He, he elevated his game to a level that we hadn't seen yet. Um, and obviously, he is not in Orlando. Obviously, the voting will, will account for games prior to Orlando. Um, what what is, what is your impression of Bradley Beal's game, his growth, um, both as a player, obviously, which is obvious. You, we, we see the numbers. We've watched him play. But as a, as a focal point for a team, as a leader of a team that is young and growing. Well, it's interesting, interesting because that opening night, the other thing that, that really stood out about the Wizards on that opening night was, you know, Doncic was just going nuts and going anywhere he wanted on the floor and really – in the first half of that game, embarrassing the Wizards. And then just the way in the second half that Beal took it so personally and just really got into Doncic and the way the two of them scrapped with Beal. Again, my memory, I don't even trust it. So if, I can't even remember what day it is. I'm, I can barely remember October. But Beal getting ejected, if my memory is correct, uh, because he was so, you know, he and the, the back and forth with him and Doncic was so – physical and so testy and you know look he he always gets grief about his defense and I I think I've tweeted that before and I've had people go back to me yeah and that was the last time Beal played defense all season but look the, the guys had an amazing season I mean averaging better than 30 points a game 
uh, first player ever to do that and not go to the All-Star game. So obviously that has to be somewhat worrisome for his All-NBA chances. I do not vote on individual awards anymore at the New York Times. We don't we don't vote on year-end awards. So I certainly must confess that I have not done a full study to see if there are 15 names that he has to worry about. But when you score when you score better than 30 points a game, that's a major, major statement. And I, I would have to think he has a decent chance at it. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to say that if he hadn't arrived yet as an all-star, he's definitely arrived now in the NBA. Uh, he just turned 27, so pretty wild that he's only 27, but it goes to show you uh, how long these guys can be in the league and you don't even, you don't even blink. Um, but Mark, we, we and it's more, you. it's more than all-star. He is, he is an elite, you know, franchise level player for sure. Well, Mark, we appreciate you joining us, um, taking some time out of your day. We're excited to watch some live basketball. Um, this will actually be posted after the first scrimmage today. So we can't wait to watch live sports. I can already just, see myself staring at the game for like five minutes be like I can't believe this is happening and I'm sure you'll do the same I am uh, like I said as soon as we hang up I'm getting ready to go so let's hoop all right thanks Mark we hope you enjoy your the rest of your time here and stay safe okay all right guys